Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Today is Monday, May 9th, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Delaware State University's women's lacrosse team says they were humiliated 
while traveling in Georgia. The Liberty County Sheriff's deputies pulled their bus over for traveling in the wrong lane. Instead of giving them a ticket, the deputies decided to search for illegal drugs. The deputies even told the young women it would be easier if they confessed instead of being confiscated. The head coach of Delaware State University's women's lacrosse team will tell us about this horrific incident. Two former Oklahoma police officers face first-degree manslaughter charges for killing an unarmed black man, uh, uh, Quadri Sanders, who had his hands um, up. Uh, folks, uh, shocking story, no surprise, though. We've seen it before. Lee Merritt, the family's attorney, will tell us why he thinks these charges aren't harsh enough. The mother of a young black man killed by a convicted Minnesota police officer gets detained for recording a traffic stop across the street. He spent 24 years in prison for a crime he did not commit. Now New York City will pay him $10.5 million for his wrongful conviction. And one of the Black Lives Matter co-founders admits to using the $6 million mansion for private parties. After a 20-year battle, Morris Brown College is once again a fully accredited institution. The school's president, Dr. Kevin Jones, will tell us what's next for Morris Brown. In tonight's Fit Live Win segment, two sisters who are doctors explain how to break down the communication barrier between patients and physicians, ensuring better health care. Folks, it's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. Oklahoma police officers uh, face first-degree manslaughter charges for killing a black man while responding to a 911 call for an alleged protective order violation in December. Folks, uh, this is, is again is one of those stories that uh, is, is amazing when, when you look at what took place. Uh, following a month-long probe by the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, uh, Comanche County DA Kyle Kabelka charged ex-Lawton officers Robert Hinkle and Nathan Ronan in the death of a 29-year-old Quadri Sanders. The video you're about to see is graphic and disturbing. So we want to warn you before we actually play it, folks. Uh, if you want to talk, if you want to leave the room, you want to turn away, uh, please do so. Uh, it is again shocking and stunning to watch. Here we go. Go ahead, go ahead. We're gonna pull him back. 
ahead. Get the door, get the door. I got him. Okay. Y'all pull him out the yard. Yep. Yeah. I got cuffs. Okay. Yep, I got him. It's all it's all fine. Keep on the side. Come here, give me, give me some gloves. Give me some gloves. I got you. Gloves. Here, 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 here. Give me some gloves. Give me some gloves. One of your units give me a first aid kit up here, 1018. Where's the tape? Where's it at? It's all body. It's, it's all body. It's got LT. How many? Hey, roll him on the side. He's, he's starting to stun him. LT is gonna be multiple. One, yeah. two, in and out. out. I see at least four or five. Four or five. Okay. Give me. I know he can do LT. Yeah, chest here. 76, 77, 10, Multiple chest work. Keep him like that. It's okay. Just be quiet. Thank you. I want him rolled to his back side. He can roll away. All the way on his back. All the way on his back. What's your name, bro? What's your name? What's your name? I want. I got it. Wait, one more. One. We got chest Two. swelling. Three. Hips. Four. Okay. Five. Right in the stomach. Hey, tell him what his car is. Let me get up here. Hey, he's where you at. I'm right here. Trauma kit. Trauma kit. Let me see what we got. We got three healings. We both shot, so. Who is this right here? Who is this walking up on us? Oh, it's cheap. It's cheap. Oh. Oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You can't put anything on that. Fuck. Uh, we both got to go. If you want to get Hinkle and I need one person. Are okay? You okay? Yeah, we're good, sir. You good? Yes, sir. Hold on, my car's down here, Hinkle. All right. I just need one person to team up with me. You should have listened. Could you see it? 
I didn't see. I didn't see nothing from where I was at. Hey, don't call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, guard. Here, come over here. Uh, yeah, we're getting ready to leave yeah. in a minute, but if you want to team up with me, Felix is going to team up with him, yep. and then we're going to go to the station. Hey, did you have to stay inside? I'm yeah, at a I'll, get, I'll jump in with Dix. Uh, yeah, I, I rode with him, so I might as well. Okay. You want to get me to the station? Yeah. Bag valve mask! Anybody? Huh? What? Bag valve mask! No, no. <laughs> I'm bringing my pound at the Amakongo Dabinga Professorial Lecture, School of International Service, American University, Reverend Jeff Carr, founder of the Infinity Fellowship in Nashville, Tennessee, Michael Brown, former chair of DNC Finance Committee, based here in Washington, D.C. Glad to have all three of you here. Uh, this is what jumps out here uh, on Amakongo consistently. You see these, all, first of all, in the next hour, we're going to talk with Lee Merritt, who's the family attorney, about this case. Uh, but what happens in these cases all the time, so you see these officers now trying to respond, uh, trying to uh, save the man's life. Well, if you don't shoot somebody, then you're not going to have to actually do all of that. But you can also hear them trying to say that you see this, that you see that. And so clearly, the officers are unclear what they actually saw that led to the shooting. You know, this, this, as I was watching the whole thing, I couldn't help but think about Stefan Clark. You know, Sacramento was killed in his grandmother's, grandparents' home right on the lawn, and it turned out he had a, had a white iPhone, right? And these, these cops have this shoot first, ask questions later mentality. And not only did they shoot him the first time, while he's on the ground with the hands up as well. And then on top of that, dragging him like a dog. And we say things like drag like a dog, but quite honestly, they treat animals better than they treat us. And so at all levels, we see the lack of care for our community, the way they rush into the house. Everybody's a suspect, uh, you know, ready to shoot other people. Sounded like they almost shot the, the sergeant who was about to come up. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? There's thuggery involved in this, Roland. And one of the things we said last week when, when Racy was here, did an incredible job. We talked about the fact that it's when it comes to our community, it's never been black versus white, it's black versus blue. We don't care what color the, uniform, the officer is who's wearing that uniform. When it comes to our community, we get treated like third-class citizens. They slaughtered that man for the world to see, and they all need to pay. Facing four years is ridiculous. There needs to be a lot more, and just another reminder that this is why we need the George Floyd Policing Reform Act, because anything relating to qualified immunity that might be thrown their way needs to be thrown out the door in addition to their careers. And we keep seeing this over and over and over again, Michael. Uh, and, and this is the frustration because you would think we we'll are seeing on the going down. We're not. It's increasing. And I think as, uh, you know, we've been saying on this panel and other panels in the past, uh, every time we talk about this awful subject and Certainly, thoughts and prayers to the uh, to the family. Thoughts and prayers though aren't enough anymore. Um, you need laws. You need legislation. And until whether it's qualified immunity, uh, whether it's putting their pensions on the table, there has to be something that makes them think twice first. Besides pulling the trigger of a weapon, or why they don't pull a taser, or why don't they shoot at the lower extremities? 
I mean, there just seemed to be so many other options besides death, and especially when somebody's not armed. So until you put those two things, and remember, as a former public official, I remember how hard it was for people to go up against the police unions. No one wants to be called, oh, you're soft on crime, or uh, the police union is not going to endorse you, and all that kind of stuff. And, and it makes it extremely difficult. That's why, um, uh, obviously, we've talked about this before, too. I'm, uh, as you know, I'm a supporter of the Biden-Harris administration. But one of the first things they should have done when they came in office was criminal justice reform with the George Floyd Act. That should have been the first thing to do. And um, clearly, as obviously momentum and the politics change and timing changes, it's not on the front burner anymore. And, and, and this is the continuing frustration, uh, Jeff. It's the frustration, uh, not just with this administration, the Democrats in the House and the Senate, and when you do not follow through, people want to see action. Unfortunately, we have yet to see it. And this is going to have an impact on the midterms, and they have no one to blame but themselves because it was not made a priority. In fact, the, the George Floyd Justice Act negotiations, it was in December when Senator Tim Scott decided to go and face the nation and to say talks are dead. It's been five months. No executive order. Now, I'm assuming they're waiting because in 11 days, it'll be the anniversary, the second anniversary of the death of George Floyd. I guess they're waiting to announce it on that day. But my goodness, five months after talks broke down? Yeah, there's no excuse. This is just an opportunity to continue to make excuses. And those of us who have been through that process understand what excuses are. We remember that, right? We can all recite that excuses are tools of the incompetent that build monuments to nothing, and those who specialize in them seldom succeed at anything else. Uh, we're seeing this uh, as it relates to police reform. And when I watch that video, I'll be honest with you guys, I, I don't like to watch a lot of videos like that because I'm very cautious of what I absorb in my consciousness. But as a leader, I have to watch those videos so I understand what people are dealing with. Unfortunately, in this video, if you'll notice, there are a lot of checklists that got checked off. Body camera, check. Unarmed black man, check. He was complying, check. Uh, now we see that we are seeing these officers being, being uh, held accountable, but as Dr. Omikongo said, held accountable for what? Four years for taking a life. When we talk about somebody being shot down like a dog in the street, I think it's particularly ironic that the one creature of God that was completely not complying was in fact the dog, and the dog was not shot. Mm. The dog was not charged, the dog was not restrained, the dog was not bleeding out on the ground, being told the familiar phrases that we hear in the other checklist, which include roll over to someone who's been shot 12 times. Uh, pull him out to the yard. Uh, quit moving. Quit reaching, although you're handcuffed. This is indicative of where our state of relations are with this black and blue wall. Uh, it's crippling to see this. It hurts the spirit. Uh, but it makes us say five months is too long for action. 
If you can stroke a pen and make change, the Biden administration is responsible for doing exactly that, regardless of what Tim Scott, regardless of what the Republican legislatures want to block. We should not have to wait until the commemoration of the death of a figure like George Floyd to attempt to spotlight what we know needs to take place. We can prevent this, like my daddy used to say, with an ounce of prevention through action, because an ounce of prevention beats a pound of cure. Well, and it is a question of, again, how we are treated. Now, again, coming up uh, in the uh, next hour, we'll talk with Lee Merritt, who is the attorney uh, for the family. Uh, coming up next, though, after this break, we're going to talk with the head coach of the Delaware State lacrosse team, how they were racially targeted, shameful behavior by Georgia State troopers. We'll explain next on Rolling Mark Unfiltered, broadcasting live on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to download our app, available on all platforms, Apple TV, Android TV, Apple Phone, Android Phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. You can also join our Bring the Funk fan club, where every, all your dollars go to support this show. Uh, see your check and money order, too. P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be right back. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you're going to learn about the silver tsunami which means that a million people are turning 65 every day and they're going to need some kind of care. You're gonna meet two sisters whose situation with their own family led them to start a business in this industry and now they're showing others. This is our passion, our mission, our purpose, our ministry. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Pull up a chair, take your seat at the Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. When I first went to LA, me and Joe lived together. Right? right, and and it was that was a big blessing because I didn't have to worry about paying rent. You know, right, out here struggling, right. doing my thing, and that was a big, big help. And then when I think when I moved out, I think that's when I saw the division because I think Joe, I, Joe felt like I didn't need him anymore. Right, and it wasn't that? It was like I'm a grown ass man, two grown ass men. Like, but actually, that's well, that is true. You don't need him anymore. Right. When, when you grow up, first of all, you when you grow up, it's like hey, you yeah. help. And this time you get your ass out the house right. and go do your own thing. Right. He didn't want me to move out. But I'm like, you know what? At the time when I moved out. I mean, what? Were you paying a light bill? I wasn't paying he... anything. And I, and I said, you know what? I need to, I need this responsibility. It's going to make me work harder in my career if I know I got rent to pay. I got right. bills to pay. I was paying a cell phone bill. That was it. Right. No, but Joe was treating me like a little butler. Like, because <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like Benson. Now, I'm telling you, man. Please fetch Yo, me some water. He was using the Jedi mind tricks. Yo, man, you still make them good grilled cheese sandwiches you made when you were little? <laughs> no, you don't. Next thing I'm at the, I'm at the stove. <laughs> Flip it. And then it dawned on me. Check me again. Got me again.
What's up, y'all? I'm Will Packer. Hey, everybody, it's your man, Fred Hammond. Hi, my name is Brescia Webb, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Filtered. Ow. Well, I like a nice filter usually, but we can be unfiltered. Folks, the Delaware State women's lacrosse team wants to know why their team's bus was stopped and searched by a Georgia Sheriff's Department. The team was wrapping up a three-game tour in Florida and Georgia when sheriff's deputies pulled the bus over and asked a very odd question to the team. Why I'm coming on the bus right now is to tell y'all, look, we're going to check y'all's luggage. Okay? If there is anything in y'all's luggage, 
we're probably going to find it. Okay? I'm not looking for a little bit of marijuana, but I'm pretty sure you guys at Chaperone are probably going to be disappointed in you if uh, we find it. You guys are on a lacrosse team, correct? Yes. So if there is something in there that is questionable, please tell me now. Uh, because if we find it, guess what? We're not going to be able to help. Okay? You go over to the state of Georgia, marijuana is still illegal in the state of Georgia. Okay? Anything that Anything that you can put marijuana in, maybe a device where you smoke it, maybe something that you would weigh it, like a, a set of scales, uh, anything. Okay? Um, if there's nothing, then I'm thankful. It'll make my job a lot easier. We're going to get this done. We'll have you guys on your way. Okay, do you guys have any more questions for me? Yes, have I explained it pretty good? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Give us a few minutes and we'll be on, you guys will be on your way. Okay? The sheriffs involved were from Liberty County, Georgia, which is about 28 miles southwest of Savannah. We contacted the Liberty County Sheriff's Office, uh, Sheriff William Bowman. His assistant said he is not and will not make a statement until the internal investigation is complete. Pamela Jenkins is the uh, coach, head coach of the Delaware State University's women's lacrosse team. Uh, and she joins us now. Um, I, I, I'm first of all, Coach. I'm trying to understand why were y'all stopped? That's a good question. Um, how it was told to us is that our bus was driving in the left lane and that he wasn't supposed to be doing that. Okay, I'm now confused. Were y'all on the highway? We were. On I-95. Is, is, it, is, it, is it two lane or four lane highway? Uh, it was a, I think it was a three lane highway. Is that left lane, HOV lane, or is that a law enforcement only lane? What what, what was the left lane? Just the, the fast lane is, as far as we, our understanding was. So no HOV lane or any special lane at all. So, okay, so the driver is in the left lane. Yes. They say he should not have been in the lane. Why are they not talking to the driver? How all of a sudden did it go to, we're about to search all of your bags for marijuana? Well, how it started, they pulled us over, they asked him for his driver's license and registration. He gives it to them. He get the, our bus driver gives it to them. And then the police officer says, you're not supposed to be driving in the left lane. Then they ask him to step off of the bus. So he exited the bus and my players and I are just sitting here waiting. Then one of my student athletes looks outside of the bus to see what's taking so long. And she was like, they're taking our luggage out from underneath the bus and they have dogs sniffing through our belongings. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So at no point did these deputy sheriffs seek consent to search any bags. Correct, they did not. <clears throat> okay, c c c uh, continue. Yes, so um, we, we see the dogs that are walking through and sniffing through our belongings. Then maybe five minutes later, two officers come on the bus and that's where the video um, that you see the video, and they're basically saying, 
it in a tone, an accusatory tone of we are here looking for narcotics. We're not looking for a small amount, um, as I'm sure that would still be upsetting to your chaperones. Um, and he's saying, you know, we're looking for any how that you weigh it, that you would, you know, use it, whether it's a vape pen, whether it's an edible. And he's like, we're going to find it. So you're better off telling us now than for having us find it on our own. Because if that happens, we can't help you. Uh, how many people are on the bus? 25 players, two coaches, our athletic trainer. Uh, total, 30. So 30 people. Yeah. So when she peeked out, they were pulling luggage off. And then what did they do? Did they actually unzip all of the bags and go through all of the luggage? I did not see that, but when they went back out on the bus, they did, they clearly did because they came back on the bus with a gift that one of our student athletes had received from a family member, and that was inside of her suitcase. And they asked her what this was. And she's like, it's it's a gift from well, a relative. And they were like, you accepted a gift that you don't know what it is? Are you serious? Yes. That's what the hell a gift is! <laughs> yeah. Now, now did, 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 was she made to open the gift? They took it off the bus and opened it. They let her know that they were going to be opening it. Wait, they have drug sniffing dogs. She has a gift. She can't even open her own gift. They open the gift. Correct. They go off the bus and open the gift. Uh, then 10 minutes later, they come back on the bus and they're like, you're, you're free to go. Have a safe trip. Was the driver ever ticketed for driving in the left lane? He was not ticketed, no. How long did this whole, how long did this whole exchange happen? It took about 30 to 45 minutes in total. So y'all were and, and y'all were leaving Georgia to head back to Delaware. Yes, that's correct. We we're on our way out. Yes. Um. Have y'all been in co in communication with this sheriff's department? So I know that the university is investigating it. So we have left that up to the university. Wow. So, again, before I go to my panel, so let's see here. They claim the driver was driving in the left lane, but he wasn't supposed to. Correct. But there's no, but it wasn't HOV, wasn't any of the designated lanes, so I don't get why the driver can't be in the left-hand lane. Two, they question the driver. They pull the driver off the bus. They check all bags. The driver never gets a ticket. No. Sounds to me as if they were using this excuse as an effort to search the luggage and hope, hopefully try to find drugs. Yes, that's, that's how we felt. Um, what was the reaction from everyone else on the bus as y'all went on your way. Um, what was the reaction? How did you then have to deal with what y'all had just experienced? 
everyone was very quiet. We were still pretty early into the trip. It was an early morning. This was day six of our road trip on our way home. So we we're also exhausted. Um, and I think we were all just in disbelief that this was happening to us. Uh, he addressed us as a lacrosse team. So he knew that and our bags say Delaware State lacks on them. So I think we're all in disbelief. It definitely took some time before we all started talking again further into the trip. Um, and the bus driver was apologetic, but we were like, you, you didn't do anything wrong. This isn't your fault. Let's go to my panel here. Michael Brown, uh, you first. Coach, how are you? Sorry you had to go through, uh, through that level of, of harassment um, <clears throat> as we've been uh, certainly... Uh, going through as a people for the last, you know, 420 some odd years. Um, coach did, and I know it's hard because when, you know, police officers, in particular white police officers are on the bus, you know, no one wants to really, you know, what they would probably make consider being a smart aleck. But did anybody ask at the time, and we didn't hear it on the video, um, you know, why did you pull us over in the first place? And I know you probably don't have any lawyers on the bus and say, what's the probable cause for pulling us over besides the baloney left lane violation or supposed violation. Right. So one of our one of my student athletes asked the officer, how did this go from a routine traffic stop to narcotics dogs sniffing through our belongings? And his explanation was that on this stretch of highway that they see a lot of charter buses smuggling narcotics and people so that they have to stay vigilant uh, with their efforts. Well, please make sure I know you're letting the university handle it, but as they are, uh, you know, moving forward in the process, uh, make sure they ask the sheriff's office to give you some statistical data of how many uh, white buses have been pulled over um, in the same kind of situation. Absolutely. I sure will. Jeff. Yes, uh, Sister Jenkins, I appreciate you and everything you've been through. As Michael <coughs> Brown said, ask for that statistical data. I'm going to add to that. Add for the ask for the statistical data on the number of buses that have actually been pulled over where they did discover narcotics. Because it's been my experience that uh, usually when you see uh, troopers parked on the side of the interstate, it's because they have a very specific tip. So they aren't necessarily hunting someone. So the fact that you were targeted went way beyond some flimsy ex uh, excuse about trying to find drugs on the bus. Let me ask you what you're doing now, because this was a traumatic experience for everybody involved. Uh, what are you doing now to look out for the mental health of the young people who experienced this in real time and may have said, you know what, this is something that my parents or grandparents talked about but I'm experiencing it now. How are you looking out for them? Well, and especially the concern is for a lot of them, this was their first interaction with law enforcement. Um, so of course that makes it even more difficult. And as a coach, you know, traveling by charter bus is our main way of transportation. So the last thing I want is for our student athletes to be nervous to get back on the road for us to travel for our games. So there are virtual services that are available through our institution. Um, uh, right now, the student athletes are home. They came back and they had to get straight to finals and then had to pack up their belongings and go home for the summer. So they're currently home. So our uh, communication is solely 
via FaceTime or Zoom at the moment. So I'm just checking on them. Because I know even for myself, it was re-traumatizing seeing that video and talking about it. Um, you know, it, it it was a very scary experience. As a coach, you want to protect your student-athletes. And in that moment, I felt like I could not protect them, that I could just lead by example and stay calm. <laughs> Um, so I'm proud of the way that they handled themselves, staying composed in that stressful situation. Um, and there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I didn't have anything, at least for my players, to worry about. Um, before I go to um, Omakongo, um, on your bus, did you have any, any signage on the outside of the bus stating that this was the Delaware State lacrosse team? We did not have any signage on the outside. Just when they came on the bus, we were all wearing our right. uh, gear, but there was nothing on the outside of the bus. Got it. Omakongo, go ahead. Yes, um, <clears throat> Coach Jenkins, this is uh, re really terrible. As a, as a professor myself, I teach these same age students, and so I'm looking at my own students going through this experience and how traumatic it, it, it can be. Are there things that we can do going forward to support you and the, the women on the team? I know with so many other issues, there are campaigns and other things going on, but I just would love to figure out if there's a way that the, the community can embrace them, especially now that they're home for the summer and everybody is all split up. Uh, I, I, I think going through this process and talking to others about their experience has been therapeutic. So I think giving them the platform so that they are trying to prevent this from happening to anyone else. Um, so I think that's right now our focus is for us to kind of bind together and do what's necessary to get the word out to make sure that no one else has to go through this. Well, uh, it is um, certainly uh, unfortunate uh, that uh, your players had to deal with this. Have you heard from any of their parents as a result of this situation? I have heard from a few parents and even parents of our incoming freshmen for next year, um, just voicing their support and just how proud they are of how the young ladies compose themselves during a very stressful situation. All right, then. We'll certainly keep us abreast uh, of what happens uh, with this story uh, next, uh, and I'm quite sure uh, having uh, a president who was a longtime U.S. senator from uh, Delaware uh, also helped. So uh, I wonder if the Department of Justice uh, will be looking into this. And, of course, uh, the president's White House HBCU initiative is actually headed by the Delaware state president. Yes. Yes. Right. And so we'll definitely keep you posted. Thank you very much. All right, Pamela Jenkins, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Go back, go back to my panel here. I mean, th this, this Michael speaks to, again, what happens when you're black in America. I mean, for, for these officers, <clears throat> oh, we're used to seeing human trafficking and people, people smuggling drugs. You pull, now, and, and you pull the officer over, and apparently the left lane is only for passing. Okay, so, but here's what I don't understand. If you pull the driver over for being in left lane, how you not give him a ticket? Especially if, I mean, I think we've all seen signs where if you're going too slow, uh, you can be certainly pulled over um, because you're, you know, clogging up the left lane. Um, but since the person, the driver didn't get a ticket, clearly wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but to your first part of your your, your query, it's um, 
it's unfortunate still that these officers just can act like this with impunity. I mean, and again, you know, just going back to the first segment, until there are some real consequences to actions against, um, and, and I think you're right, because clearly the sheriff, who is uh, African-American, or certainly appears to be African-American in the picture, um, you know, he, he, uh, clearly these white officers thought, doesn't matter whether we have a black sheriff, we're going to continue to do what we want anyway. So it has nothing to do with white, black. I think one of my uh, co-panelists said it earlier, it's, it's, it's between black people and, and people in blue uniforms. So, um, you know, the only way to stop the impunity is to have consequences for actions. Absolutely cannot wait to see, <clears throat> um, uh, Jeff, um, the response from this black sheriff. Oh, I can't wait either. But to quote Brother Michael Brown, who said it perfectly, uh, he appears to be African-American in the picture. Uh, when we talk about elected officials, oftentimes people think, well, if we just get black elected officials, if we just get people in high positions, everything is going to change. I remind people that racism is a system, and that means that it is designed to operate a certain way. So if you do not, uh, if you, you, you can change out the operators of the machine, but if they are not systemically changing the machine, then they're just pushing the button and we're getting the exact same result at the end. So uh, my hope is that this sheriff will step forward uh, and uh, demonstrate to all of those who hope that the alignment of the color and the picture is also <coughs> in alignment with the action and he will hold these officers accountable uh, because these kids are now singing the, the 1965 song El Pito, which is that Dizzy Gillespie hook, I'll Never Go Back to Georgia. And we want people to make sure that there are consequences. It's going to be interesting to see, as you pointed out, that the president of Delaware State is also chair of the president's HBCU commission. So this may be one of the rare occurrences where, to quote Ice Cube, they may have picked the wrong fill-in-the-blank to mess with. Um, Amakongo, uh, the, the, you know, again, uh, as, as I saw that video, uh, I instantly thought back to that scene from the movie The Five Heartbeats. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was yeah. waiting for that nothing but love. So, I mean, it was... I literally was feeling that 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 moment, man. And what's sad about it is we go back to the five heartbeats. You know, these, these are grown men dealing with that situation. These young girls get it at that age and get the early trauma that they're going to have to be dealing with for, for forever. I remember I was driving on a highway once and an officer drove next to me, put the flashlight into my car as I was driving, then pulled me over after realizing I was black. And while he was having me out of the car, tried to convince me that I was drinking. So And I, I don't drink. I have never had an alcoholic beverage in my life. And my point is, when he was talking about if y'all got something in the bag now, you might as well show us, it was like this entra an entrapment type of thing that he was doing. He thought that he was, he was smart when what he was doing. And what if somebody did have something? Then you're going to take one of those women off the bus and what, they got to sit in a Georgia jail alone for the entire night or days? I mean, this Sandra Bland thing is going on in my head right now in terms of what the possibilities were. And so really, at the end of the day, this man introduced early trauma to these young ladies that's going to be with them for the rest of their lives. And there needs to be some real consequences because, again, like you said, Roland, no ticket, 
know nothing. And so the goal was to intimidate. He succeeded in that. And now these sisters got to deal with it for a very long time. And they need to make sure that they're getting the services that they need. And there needs to be some consequences for their actions. Because right now, Roland, the rest of the country is caught up on the, the escapee from Alabama jail with the, with the security guard or something like that. I just saw that on, on CNN and Wolf Blitzer. Ain't nobody talking about this situation. And so for you to bring it to national attention, we need more of this, and we can't let this story go. This is for our kids, man. Um, indeed. Indeed. Speaking for our kids, coming up next, we'll stay in Georgia, and we'll talk with the president of Morris Brown College. They have gotten their accreditation back and we'll explain what is going to happen next for that historic institution founded by freed slaves of African descent. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So do me a favor and think for one second about your mother. What comes to mind? Probably too many things to comprehend right now. Our moms, whether they're with us or not, are still probably the most impactful person in our lives. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, a tribute to our mothers. You won't want to miss it here on Black Star Network. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you're going to learn about the Silver Tsunami which means that a million people are turning 65 every day and they're going to need some kind of care. You're going to meet two sisters whose situation with their own family led them to start a business in this industry and now they're showing others. This is our passion, our mission, our purpose, our ministry. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Time to be smart. Roland Martin's doing this every day. Oh, no punches! Thank you, Roland Martin, for always giving voice to the issues. Look for Roland Martin in the whirlwind, to quote Marcus Garvey again. The video looks phenomenal, so I'm really excited to see it on my big screen. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. I got to defer to the brilliance of Dr. Carr and to the brilliance of the Black Star Network. I am rolling with rolling all the way. Honored to be on a show that you own, a black man. <laughs> Own the show. Folks, Black Star Network is here. I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. Rolling was amazing on that. Hey, Blake, I love y'all. I can't commend you enough about this platform that you've created for us to be able to share who we are, what we're doing in the world, and the impact that we're having. Let's be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. You dig? Yo, it's your man Dion Cole from Blackish, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Stay woke. Brown College was founded uh, by the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, the dollars that were used to create the institution uh, came from uh, freed uh, people of African descent. And over the, over the decades, uh, Morris Brown graduated 
a significant number of people, prominent uh, African-Americans. In fact, it is the only Georgia uh, HBCU literally founded by black people. But more than 20 years ago, Morris Brown found itself having significant financial woes. As a result, Morris Brown lost its accreditation. There were many efforts uh, to try to save the university, uh, but they still lost the accreditation. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you're not an accredited institution, then your students cannot apply and receive federal financial aid. Any of you who watch this show understand how often we've talked about the fact that HBCUs, anywhere from 80 to 90% or higher of an HBCU's budget is based upon students receiving federal aid. But even though they lost their accreditation, they had to also sell off assets, sell off land. Morris Brown actually never closed. Well, uh, last week, there was a big ceremony in Atlanta uh, where they announced that Morris Brown had received its accreditation and they were eligible for students to be able to apply for federal aid, uh, financial aid, and then be able to enroll in the school. Joining us right now is the president of Morris Brown College, uh, Kevin, uh, glad to have you here. Uh, again, first of all, uh, Dr. Kevin Jones, who's the president. And so, um, uh, explain the people who don't quite understand when they hear accredited and, and, and what all that sort of stuff means. Um, what happened here? What was the accrediting agency uh, that Morris Brown was initially dealing with? And then there was a change it also impacted and allowed for y'all to now be able to get accredited through another route. Yes. Well, uh, good evening. Thank you for having me on your show. Morris Brown College, like you mentioned, founded in 1881 by former slaves. It's an institution uh, that has been here in the city of Atlanta for 141 years. We've been educating, pouring into our communities, the original FUBU for us, by us. Originally, Morris Brown College was accredited by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, SAC, COC. And a few years ago, when I took uh, the helm as president, uh, I told the Board of Trustees that I felt like this institution should go back to its Christian roots. We were founded in the basement of Big Bethel AME Church. And we've always provided a Christian education, but we got a little bit away from that a little bit. And so we are now accredited by the Transnational Association of Christian colleges and schools, a Christian-affiliated accreditation agency approved by the United States Department of Education, just like any other accreditor, and we are now officially accredited. Uh, it was a three-year-long journey, uh, a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, but we were able to show that we are an institution of quality, that we met all the standards required by the United States Department of Education, indicative of the word quality, and we're just very, very excited to make history in this way. Um, and, and so for people, again, people who don't quite understand uh, this process, uh, it's a major deal when universities have to go through SACS accreditation. I mean, you know, and I was talking to, to one university the other day. Uh, they were trying to get me to do some things, and they were like, hey, we finally have funding for this, funding for that. Because in, in essence, um, accreditation is like 
review. It's, uh, it's, it's when you, uh, it's, it's when you are dating a young man or a young woman and you put on your best behavior. Uh, all of a sudden, folks are cleaning stuff. Uh, they're bringing in, I mean, you're having to put your best foot forward because the last thing you want is to either be put on provisional or lose your accreditation because that's the whole ball game. Absolutely. Well, you know, yes, you put on your best behavior, you put on the best foot to show that you are uh, doing what you're supposed to do. However, it's not just a one and done. You know, we are uh, monitored on a yearly basis. They check our audits. They check our, uh, our yearly reviews. And we're monitored every single year to continue uh, that monitoring process of showing that we are continuously uh, improving our process procedures, standards, fiscal um, stability, enrollment, et cetera. And so uh, Morris Brown, like I said, is accredited by TRACS, a, a, uh, an approved accreditor by the United States Department of Education, and we are moving forward with our, our new accreditation. So, the, so by switching to the accrediting council that deals with religious institutions, does it impact the type of majors you're able to offer, or does it matter? No, we're still a liberal arts institution. We have STEM programs. We have liberal arts uh, programs. Uh, you know, we have our business program, which is our bread and butter. And so uh, the premise of the degrees is not what they're looking for. Uh, every tracks affiliate school has to have a faith statement uh, proclaiming their Christian faith. And of course, again, providing Christian education. And so Morris Brown again, Founded in the basement of Big Bethel AME Church. We have been affiliated with the AME Church since our founding 141 years ago. And so we were already Christian. We're just getting back into the service of providing a Christian education. Um, I'm going to go to my panel in a moment for questions. Uh, obviously, um, there was just a whole lot of things happening. Um, so many people have been pulling for Morris Brown. Just let folks know how dire the situation, though, had gotten for Morris Brown. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, $35 million bankruptcy, uh, $9.5 million to the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, we settled a debt with the AME Church for $4.2 million. We literally went from about 3,000 students to about 50 students overnight. And like you mentioned earlier, when we lost our access to, uh, to accreditation, we lost our access to federal financial aid. So students transferred out and had to, had to leave the institution. We lost a lot of our land. We lost our reputation. We lost so much. But I'm just very proud to say that uh, Morris Brown was able to overcome something that would have closed other institutions forever. And so we're very, very excited that we've made history in this way. From my understanding, we're the first HBCU to rebound after a 20-year hiatus. And being able to continue to educate students over these last 20 years is a testament from God that he's been with us uh, since the beginning. And so we've been through a lot, but we've been able to overcome those negative obstacles. And we're now ready to take the institution to the next level. Um, it was uh, obviously uh, a, a big deal last week. Uh, there were folks there. I saw one particular video uh, where Pastor Jamal Bryan spoke, and uh, actually uh, they uh, enrolled uh, one of their one, one of his uh, music um, uh, folks uh, yeah. to uh, as a, as a student uh, there uh, at Morris Brown. 
Yes. You know, uh, Pastor Jamal Bryan is a friend. He's been a friend of this institution. And uh, he, he said something very, very instrumental. He said, listen, we've been able to do this, but now we need to build our enrollment. And so he called on all clergy to, uh, and everyone who was listening to him to send one student to Morris Brown College. And I hope that they uh, they uh, meet him uh, like he did, you know, the task that he set forth. You know, it, it is, uh, it, it is. first of all, when you, when you said that um, um, re regaining, regaining that accreditation, what, uh, what was really a huge deal. Um, your alumni base, um, absolutely loyal. Uh, in fact, um, I can't even remember why I was in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for something. Uh, and y'all happen to have, uh, when your fundraisers, and I sort of just dropped, just sort of just walked in just to say, hey, uh, and that's another piece. Your alumni base never gave up. Uh, these are folks who wanted to see the only HBCU uh, founded by African Americans uh, to remain active and alive. Absolutely. You know, it's three reasons why Morris Brown never closed. And I say this very proudly and boldly. Uh, God has been with this institution. The AME Church has been with this institution. And the best alumni in the world has remained with this institution. They never gave up. And, you know, a lot of people told them, hey, just give up. You guys keep trying. Won't you just give it, give it up? And they never gave up. And because of those three reasons uh, is the reason why Morris Brown College never closed. And uh, the reason why we were able to uh, get our accreditation back. Uh, absolutely. This here is, uh, I'm going to show in a second some of the video um, that was, uh, of course, um, uh, from uh, the news conference that took place uh, on your steps. You also, of course, uh, had significant support uh, from your U.S. Senators, uh, Raphael Warnock, John Ossoff as well. Uh, and so you always had folks actually pulling for Morris Brown, uh, but you just had to get over uh, that whole issue uh, with the accreditation. Let me first start uh, with uh, Reverend Jeff Carr. Uh, Jeff, go right ahead. Oh, thanks a lot. Dr. James, first and foremost, man, I want to say congratulations. Uh, you've got a string of hits going on since you took over the presidency down there. Uh, Morris Brown is absolutely in good hands, going in a great direction. I'm going to tell on myself uh, a little bit with my age. 36 years ago, almost this fall, I had my first performance as a member of the Tennessee State University Aristocratic Bands in the stadium at Morris Brown. That was my wow. first time playing in front of a massive HBCU audience. So I carry that memory with me uh, forever. And that's what HBCU life is really all about. Let me ask you about the accreditation route because it was a brilliant move to take the steps that you took to get accreditation uh, through tracks. When you think about universities like uh, Oral Roberts University, who may be regionally accredited, or a school like Liberty that may be accredited by SACS, a more traditional space. Is this the first step? Is this a long-term move? Or will you eventually move toward an organization like SACS? Or does it even matter at this point? At this point, and, and by the way, let me just say that I did not come up, this was not some brilliant uh, scheme that I came up with regarding going to tracks. I utilized um, a model that was undertaken by uh, uh, Michael Sorrell at Paul Quinn College. They had some issues with their accreditor, and they decided to go back to their Christian roots. They're also AME, and they went to tracks, and they're doing very, very well. So when I went into my very first interview, I, I told the Board of Trustees, if you hire me as president, 
I believe that Morris Brown uh, would be, have a better fit right now with uh, tracks than with any other creditor. And so they approved that, uh, of course, uh, unanimously when I got um, uh, the position and we decided that that process. Two years ago, the United States Department of Education made a ruling after some investigation that there was no difference between regional accreditors and national accreditors. They all had the same standards. They had all had the same rigor. And as a matter of fact, the U.S. Department of Ed no longer uses the, the, the words a regional accreditor or national accreditor. All accrediting agencies approved by the U.S. Department of Ed are now known as institutional accreditors. So really, right now, TRAX has been very good to us over these last three years. They're a perfect fit for us. Right now, we're focused on growing our enrollment, uh, growing our academic... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
profile and tracks is a good fit for us. And right now that's, we're very, very satisfied with tracks. Keep up the great work, man. My wife has a long history in the AME church, so she's excited about seeing the school come back to the level. Omakongo? First of all, Dr. James, congratulations. I mean, I was a student in Morehouse in the 90s, and so had that whole AUC life, you know, Morris Brown was, you know, a huge part of it. And so to see it back, it's just, it's just really incredible. You, you, talk, you talked about uh, our ancestors. You talked about AME. You talked about the beautiful work that the alumni have done. But I just have a question for you. 20 years in the game there, and then you come in three years ago with the, with the qualifications that you had, could have gone anywhere. What made you decide that you wanted to come to Morris Brown and lead it on this process towards its original greatness? Yes. Well, first of all, I honestly believe that God sent me to Morris Brown College. I was at home watching the news in December of 2018, and I saw where my predecessor had retired, resigned. And I literally said out loud, oh, my God, I want to be the next president of Morris Brown College. I immediately pick up the phone and I called the sixth district of the AME Church. And the way that God worked it out was the chairman of the board's assistant answered the phone. And two complete strangers talked on the phone for 35, 45 minutes. And at the end of that conversation, she said, send me your resume. I'm going to put it directly in the chairman's hands. And about a month later, I got my first interview. Three interviews later. I was named the interim president of Morris Brown. About a year later, I was named uh, permanent president of Morris Brown College. So, yes, I could have gone other places, but I believe that God sent me to Morris Brown. And uh, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears. And I'm very, very excited to be the 19th president of Morris Brown College. Again, the best is yet to come. We're just getting started. Michael. Um, president James, congratulations again. Let me echo um, my co-panelists. Uh, congratulating you for overcoming. I take, obviously, a lot of pride uh, in Morris Brown, considering I think maybe some of my ancestors may have uh, helped uh, helped uh, create it. Um, question about the accreditation. My mother is a proud graduate of Fisk University, and Fisk went through its own uh, challenges uh, several years back. And is it what is it about accreditation of HBCUs? Is it economic? Or is there something else that puts uh, HBCUs in the crosshairs? Listen, I, I've had other people asking that question, and it's a very bold response. Financial stability. HBCUs do the best of educating us. Whenever you see an HBCU getting in trouble, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, it has something to do with finances or fiscal stability. Um, someone mentioned earlier that these institutions are so heavily driven on tuition revenue. When you look at Harvard and Yale and Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech or Georgia State, these institutions have multi-million or billion-dollar endowments. HBCUs don't have such endowments. Uh, and again, like I said, we are so heavily um, uh, reliant on tuition, and we have to move from that model. So, you know, again, we do the best of educating us, but we have to do a better job of, uh, of, of creating stronger business models, creating other revenue sources where we can get out of the business of begging and just relying on tuition. And Roland, excuse me, real quick, Dr. James, super, super quick, Roland, I know you got to get out. The, uh, um, some of the best assets that HBCUs have is their land. 
So I'm sure with some tough decisions to have to sell off pieces and parcels uh, of the campus or whatever land you own outside of the campus. Yeah. At the time when we filed bankruptcy, we had no other choice. Now, we are going to utilize the land that we have. <coughs> you all uh, have seen us in the news. You may have seen that we just uh, signed a deal with CGI Merchant Group and Hilton Hotel. We're right here at Morris Brown College. We're building our own hotel right here on the campus. It's a Hilton Hotel, $30 million hotel. That's going to be tied directly to our hospitality program. Our students are going to learn right in our own hotel on the campus. And so, you know, uh, God said, use what you got. And what we have is uh, location, location, location right here in downtown Atlanta. And so we're going to continue to move forward with what we have. Well, keep up the good work, Mr. President. Well, I, I, I'll add one thing. And, and again, and folk, if they want to take issue with this, uh, that ain't my problem. I, I did a segment um, of uh, last month on this, Dr. Jones, where I also said that our black institutions, which includes HBCUs, includes black organizations, includes black owned media. We have also got to embrace professional leadership. What I mean is people with skill set. So what you just described there, uh, you can't have a successful hospitality program unless you have people who know what the hell they're talking about in hospitality. And, and one of the things that, that we are seeing, we, are, we, we, we see ego, we see folk who putting themselves before institutions, uh, and, and, and that's also something that, that, that I, I'm real particular with. And, and I get people who say, oh, you can't say that because you didn't go to HBCU. I've run three black newspapers. I've done black media my whole life. And I can tell you, there's a continuum in too many of our institutions where we have some nice people who don't need to be in positions of influence because they don't know how to operate at a major level. Yes, I would agree. You know, we have to make sure that our, our organizations and our institutions are led by competent leaders who have students at the, at the forefront. And so here at Morris Brown College, we've done a phenomenal job of making sure that we have competent leaders um, who are helping us to take the institution back to her former glory. All right, then. Well, look, uh, I, I was last on the campus. I think, uh, Senator, I think uh, John Ossoff had an event there, and we were covering the event there, so we look forward to, and before that, uh, the quad, which was on BET, was actually shot on the campus of Morris Brown. Uh, and so I uh, can't wait uh, for, uh, for you guys to open up. Just last question for me, uh, what do you anticipate? So uh, when, are you, when are you anticipating uh, having your fall class? Any idea uh, how many students you're going to open with? Yeah, we anticipate having a few hundred students here on campus in the fall, in August. Um, actually, we're going to start even before then. We're going to have summer school. Uh, starting in June. And so um, we have to remember that Morse Round never closed. We've been educating this entire time, um, but we're going to have uh, our first graduating class uh, next week on May 21st, and then this summer, uh, summer school, and then the fall. How many, how many graduates? We're going to have five graduates, five graduates. Um, on the 21st, next Saturday. All right, then. Well, Doc, uh, we appreciate it. Congratulations to you uh, and the staff there. Anything that we can do, be sure to let us know. Uh, you got my number, so you can text me anytime. And so certainly, and a big congratulations to the alumni because they want to see this uh, day actually happen. 
Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, folks, when we come back on Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, we'll talk with Attorney Lee Merritt about the at Oklahoma, at story out of Oklahoma. We showed you the video in the last hour, and we'll talk about that next. Folks, don't forget to support us in what we do. Because uh, you, you heard what we just laid out there. Part of this issue, and you heard me say this continuously, is that <clears throat> we have the means. Hello? We have the means to actually... Um, do a lot better in terms of our institutions. Uh, the question is, are we actually willing to support our institutions with our actions as opposed to what we're always saying with our mouths? And so uh, it's, in, it's important. So when we talk about black-owned businesses, uh, it's easy to say we should support them, but it's different when you actually do it. Uh, it's easy to say, oh, how we really, really need uh, black-owned media, uh, but it's a difference when you're watching somebody else's stuff, when you're retweeting somebody else's stuff, but then you wonder why we don't have black-owned media uh, with capacity. Uh, the same thing uh, when it comes to uh, HBCUs, when it comes to uh, our organizations. The capital resides in our hands. The difference is how we spend our capital and who we spend our capital with. And so our goal, of course, uh, is to uh, achieve uh, 50,000 downloads. Uh, we wanted to hit it by May 1st. We didn't. We're still targeting that goal. Our goal is to have 100,000 downloads by the end of the year. And so if you want to download the Black Star Network app, you can download it on all of your devices. If you've got multiple devices, you don't need to download it on just one. So if you've got an Apple phone, download it. An Android phone, download it. An Android TV, an Apple TV, download it. Roku, Amazon Fire TV. Xbox One and Samsung uh, Smart TV as well. And of course, your dollars really are critically important to allow us to be able to do what we do. And so please, uh, if you want to send a check or money order, some of y'all, y'all made it clear, y'all ain't down, all the technology stuff, <clears throat> it's all good. We got options. You can send a check or money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Zelle is Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. We'll be right back. So do me a favor and think for one second about your mother. What comes to mind? Probably too many things to comprehend right now. Our moms, whether they're with us or not, are still probably the most impactful person in our lives. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, a tribute to our mothers. You won't want to miss it here on Black Star Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Godfrey, the funniest dude on the planet. <laughs> hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Folks, in the first hour, we told you about uh, and we showed you this video of a disturbing shooting in Oklahoma, uh, where a, a black man with his hands up was shot and killed uh, by two police officers. Uh, now, those officers have been charged, uh, but the family says that, sorry folks, uh, first degree manslaughter charges for killing Quadri Sanders simply is not good enough. The family's attorney, Lee Merritt, joins us right now. Lee, glad to have you here. So um, what were you and the family looking for in terms of charges for these officers uh, for the death of this 29-year-old uh, brother? Uh, Lee, we can't hear you. All right. There we go. When the Thank you, sir. When the Comanche County prosecutors released the video on Friday, it was the first time that I or any member of the family had a chance to actually see uh, what happened to Mr. Sanders. Uh, it's difficult to find how the facts given um, or, or laid out in, in that video fit into a manslaughter or accidental death category. These men seemed to move with intention and malice when they told him to put up his hands and repeatedly shot him. Uh, it, you know, body center mass, they, it, it seems like their intent was to cause the death, and that should will be more appropriate for a murder charge in Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, uh, it is a lot more difficult to convict officers on murder. So could it be that prosecutors felt they had a better shot at conviction by going the manslaughter route? You know, historically, we've seen prosecutors charge a lesser included uh, and it turns out that if you if you don't have the facts, circumstances, the mens rea, for example, to actually prove out the lower the lower charge, then you stand a, a, a greater chance of uh, an acquittal in that case. And so, uh, instead of building in a defense for these officers, we've seen prosecutors aggressively go after murder charges. We saw that in the case of Amber Geiger and Botham Jean. Recently, we saw that in the case of. Jordan Edwards and Roy Oliver, and each time, although in, in, in the case of both of them, Zha, you will recall, uh, the investigators recommended a manslaughter charge, but the prosecutor saw that the facts were more consistent with a murder charge, went after the higher level charge, and was able to get a historic conviction. Um, and in this case here, uh, first of all, uh, these two officers are no longer on the force, correct? That's correct. They were terminated shortly after the December shooting. So clearly, uh, that is important when it comes to, uh, when this case goes to trial, the fact that the police department felt that their actions were not justified. Yeah. Uh, although the, the standard, <coughs> the employment standard is not the stand, the criminal standard, uh, it certainly is an indication that there was no justification in the shooting if they were terminated after the fact. Uh, questions from my panel. First off, Michael Brown. Hey, how are you, man? Keep, um, as usual, keep up the good work. You're always on the front lines. Um, Thank you, Brother Brown. With the uh, outside of the criminal part, um, any any chance of any kind of civil action? Because as we've been talking about on the show earlier, is until we have until these officers face some consequences, we just don't know if indeed um, conduct will change. So whether you hit them in the pocketbook, whether because of you know on the criminal side, if it's uh, related to their pensions or this qualified immunity, or you sue the city or the police department. So are you guys considering that as well? 
Yeah, we're certainly looking into a federal a wrongful death suit and a civil rights suit. I'm, I'm really particularly glad you asked that question in this case and put it in that context because the officer uh, who fired the initial shots and fired 11 of the 15 shots uh, uh, fired into Quandry Sanders uh, was uh, suspected of uh, uh, excessive force and uh, guilty of shooting another unarmed black man just last year, one that was the subject of protest. And we often see that that an officer who was found to use deadly force wrongfully in a big high-profile case, you scratch the surface just a little bit and you'll find uh, repeated instances of, uh, of excessive use of force. That's something uh, that has to be dealt with in the civil suit. So that's why we're bringing our Monell claim and our federal claim. But also as we push for policy out of D.C. that would help reduce the amount of shootings, uh, we're asking for uh, better tracking methods for officers in decertification methods for officers who are who have been guilty of the misuse of force in the past. Got it. Well, good luck. Thank you. I'm a Congo. Yes, uh, Mr. Merritt, I am just I have so much respect for what you do. I mean, you've been such a true warrior for us in our community. Uh, the, the question I have for you is kind of two-part question. Number one, why is it taking five to six months for this video to be released for the family to even see? And how is this family and so many other families you deal with dealing with the re-traumatization of having some, something like this broadcast to the entire country and, and really the world? Yeah. So Oklahoma, uh, as you know, we live in the deadliest police culture in the modern world. So no other developed nation kills or incarcerates so many of its citizens. And Oklahoma is right up there with California, Texas, and Louisiana as one of the most difficult places to hold police officers accountable. And in one of the locations where uh, officers are often acquitted, that the investigation begins with law enforcement officers independently determining uh, whether or not uh, use of force was lawful. Uh, they make that determination and they make a recommendation of prosecution to the prosecutor. Now, now, in Dallas County, where I work, and some of the more progressive places like Minnesota, where we saw the convictions out of uh, uh, for, for the murder of George Floyd, uh, the reverse is true. Prosecutors lead the investigation from the beginning, and we and we see often see more accountability in those cases because when law enforcement uh, investigates their their own shootings, they often uh, uh, you you know will justify themselves. Although this shooting was just very difficult even for officers to justify. Jeff. Yes, Attorney Merritt, thanks again, man, for everything you're putting in the world. Again, you're on the front line, man. And we talk about where people go. A lot of times as a spiritual leader, somebody sees me in a bar somewhere in the middle of the night. They say, what are you doing here? I say, I go where I'm needed. So you are absolutely needed in Oklahoma and you're there. What does the timeline for justice look like? Because a lot of people, we can get impatient when we say, why didn't this happen the next day. What does the journey to justice look like in this case? Are we talking months? Are we talking years? Well, again, we can only go by way of example. Now, more recently, we saw the Ahmaud Arbery case go to trial uh, and get convictions within a year, a year and a half of Ahmaud's murder. We saw the same uh, being true in George Floyd because some of the high profile nature of these of, of these trials have accelerated the process, frankly. frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the case of, let's say, a Tatiana Jefferson, who was killed nearly three years ago in Fort Worth playing video games with her nephew, you'll, you'll recall, uh, we just showed up to court for that last week and we got another delay until sometime this summer in June. 
in three four-year trials later down the line with officers free uh, on bail until then is is the pattern that that is normal in places like Oklahoma and Texas. Um, look, uh, it is uh, certainly uh, <clears throat> a sad story. Uh, having to watch that video was uh, shocking, stunning, but um, uh, hopefully we will see a conviction in this case. Lee Barrett, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll certainly pass that on to uh, the family. The the other question asked was how they were doing, and, and, and yeah, this is this has destroyed them that it's going and circulating through the media again. Uh, they need it because they want the attention on the case, but it, it has been a difficult time for them, so we are soliciting your prayers and support. All right. Thank you so very much. Uh, folks, uh, an anonymous donor pays off the ballot. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. For 
uh, Wiley College. His graduating seniors. Watch. <coughs> Sorry. Watch this. Bless you. And you are debt free. You do not owe the college a penny. If you have a balance, you had a balance. You no longer have a balance. So again, what the what the president there announced, and, and many many uh, folks are doing this. Uh, you see where if they owe the university a balance, uh, and so uh, a lot of a lot of students they owe fees, parking tickets, if they owe certain fees, uh, and so that's what uh, a a donor did. And so of course uh, you had about three hundred thousand dollars, if you will, uh, for uh, in terms of in terms of the balance, and so. Um, <clears throat> First of all, the estimated balance for the, it was 100 plus students. So the balance they owed to the university was about $300,000. So anonymous donor uh, took care of that. So we certainly a congratulations uh, goes out uh, to uh, those students. Uh, and in fact, um, I saw because I think uh, Nicole Hannah Jones had tweeted that she never got her University of North Carolina degree because she had a she it was a balance she owed to the university. Well. She recently got that in the mail. All right, folks, we've got to go to a break. We come back, Fit Live Win, and also our Black and Missing segment. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When I first went to LA, me and Joe lived together, right? right. And, and it was that was a big blessing because I didn't have to worry about paying rent. You know, right. I was out here struggling, right. doing my thing, and that was a big, big help. And then when I think when I moved out, I think that's when I saw the division because I think Joe, I, Joe felt like I didn't need him anymore. Right. Yeah, what was that? It was like I'm a grown ass man, two grown ass men. Like, but actually, that's well, that is true. You don't need anymore. Right. When, when you grow up, first of all, you when you grow up, it's like, hey, you yeah. help, and this time you get your ass out of the house, right. and go do your own thing. Right. He didn't want me to move out, but I'm like, you know what? At the time when I moved out, I mean, what? Were you paying a light bill? I'm paying and anything. And, and I said, you know what? I need to. I need this responsibility. It's going to make me work harder in my career if I know I got rent to pay, I got right. bills to pay. I was paying a cell phone bill. That was it. Right. No, but Joe was treating me like a little butler, like, like because so I'm telling you, I was like Benson. Now, I'm telling you, man, please fetch yo, me some water. He was using the Jedi mind tricks. Yo, man, you still make them good grilled cheese sandwiches you made when you were little? No, you don't. Next thing I'm at the, I'm at the stove, <laughs> flipping, and then it dawned on me. Trick me again. Got me again. This is Judge Mathis. Hi, I'm Teresa Griffin. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Pinto Dos Santos has been missing from Spring, Texas since April 29th. A 16-year-old is 5 feet tall, weighs 112 pounds, with brown hair, brown eyes. Anyone with information uh, regarding uh, Belcia Pinto Dos Santos, again, Belcia Pinto Dos Santos, should call the Harris County Sheriff's Office, 713-221-6000, 713-221-6000. Patrice Cullors, one of the Black Lives Matter co-founders, admits to throwing two parties 
at the organization's $6 million Los Angeles mansion. Culler says she never used the property for personal gain when the news came out about the multi-million dollar home. But in an interview with the Associated Press, uh, she uh, hosted, said that she hosted her son's birthday party and an event celebrating President Joe Biden's inauguration. <clears throat> now, we've reached out to Culler's to get her on the show. We're waiting uh, to hear from her. Now, of course, uh, many folks have been uh, uh, been, been going after her, uh, critical uh, of her as well. In fact, uh, here's a uh, snippet, if you will, I'm going to play in a second, of the interview that she did uh, with the Associated Press talking about uh, the criticism that she and others uh, have endured as a result of their finances. And to pay for your home or the homes of your family members or any other funds that were donated to Black Lives Matter to essentially enrich yourself? No, I have never used Black Lives Matter donations to pay for any of the properties that I own in the past or own right now. You know, the idea that Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation received millions of dollars and then I hid those dollars in my bank account is absolutely false. Is there any truth to the reports that your family um, have, has been hired um, to work at the property that was purchased by Black Lives Matter? While my brother is the head of security and my mom and sister did work at the property, there are also dozens of other people who work in the organization um, that are black folks and are doing amazing work. It's not like I literally, you know, opened up the bank accounts and was like, I'm bringing all my family and friends in. Folks had skill sets. It's been a really bizarre experience to know the truth and to have false and misinformation be spread about me, especially around my own personal resources that I've worked my ass off to attain. So uh, let me bring my panel in here. Um, <clears throat> this is, so there's a couple of things here. Um, and, and this is the quandary that I believe um, activists today need to look at the past as a way of um, understanding criticism. <clears throat> Anyone who has read books and seen documentaries regarding Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. knows that uh, his wife, Coretta Scott King, wanted a new home. She said, Martin, we've got four children. We are expanding. We need a new home. <clears throat> he was reluctant to do that because he said, what would it look like to our critics if I get a new home? When he won the Nobel Peace Prize, <clears throat> he, accepted, he accepted it on behalf of the movement and opted to give the money to the movement. Again, Coretta Scott King was not happy because she was the one who was having to deal with the finances of the family. Dr. King was very cognizant of the perception of what it would look like if people said that he was enriching himself. 
And so you have critics of Patrice and Black Lives Matter who say that the book deals that she has gotten, the production deals, all of those things have been a result of the movement. And so using those millions to then acquire property uh, feeds those critics over the weekend. Um, she posted a video on her Instagram page where she said that Candace Owens and a, and a crew she had with her was standing outside of her home wanting to ask her questions about this. Um, this is a perfect example, um, Jeff, where leadership has to understand that your critics are always going to come after you by looking for the money. Yes. And, and I understand Patrice now doing an interview with Associated Press to clarify this, but I warned other activists about this type of stuff years ago, that this is how they come after you. They look at what you're driving, they look at what you're wearing, they look at where you're living, and then they, they can say, oh, you're grifters, you're thieves, you're stealing money, then it's hard to shake that. And so you can't, <clears throat> you can't have a video of you and two of the leaders at the house toasting champagne and talking about your work or using the home for personal use. That is how they're always, the, there's always an effort to discredit the movement by discrediting, discrediting its leaders. Yes, absolutely, Roland. And I think, you know, a couple of things emerge here. Uh, I personally could never personally criticize Sister Colors or any of the movement leaders. I don't know them personally. You know them personally. What I can speak to is actions. And what I can speak to is a process as a longtime leader of a nonprofit, of a person who, I'm a person who uh, also consults with nonprofits and young people who want to start nonprofits and foundation and do work. When you study history, you can see that there's something called, first and foremost, movement capture. This is what Dr. King was really concerned about. He knew that as soon as you start making significant strides to freedom, corporate America, uh, the establishment, they tend to throw money at you. There's nothing inherently wrong with that because money moves America. But what I've come to know personally is that transparency is important. So several years ago, uh, I launched an effort to build tiny homes. We wanted to build tiny homes. We did a GoFundMe report uh, page for that. Uh, I stayed in a tiny home for 45 days to crowdfund this money. We raised $60,000. We promised that within 30 days, we would build this, the tiny homes, and within 10 days, we delivered. The building that I'm in now, the Infinity Center, we raised over $100,000 for it. We purchased the building in less than six month and, months and spent two years renovating it. I say that not to toot my horn, but I do say that so that younger people out there and new people to fundraising understand one thing. You have to ask the question, that a person who is a donor is asking, what am I giving my money for? If you are giving your money to an organization that is supposed to be fighting for liberation, then yes, it is going to be disconcerting 
and angering, at the very least, to see them inside a mansion toasting with champagne. If you gave your money to help support a movement, then you have to explain why chapters, including the local chapter here in Nashville of Black Lives Matter, no longer want to associate with the national organization because they cannot get hold of the financial resources. We're talking about over $90 million. Optics are terrible. We also have to make sure that we reinforce the message that we have reinforced on this show, that you have reinforced as well. You must have your finances in order. Whether you're Morris Brown or Black Lives Matter, NAACP, Urban League, that is the first place they are coming. People do not mind if you are successful. Many of us looking back in the past, I say I wish King would have taken the money and spent it on his family. His family sacrificed because years later, 40, 50 years later, we say what? Oh, they're digging gold because they are licensing his image and likeness. You have a family who lost their patriarch who was assassinated, and now you have a single mother raising four kids. She was right to want and to expect a new home. But I think there is a gray space in the middle that we have to launch ourselves into to let people understand that, yes, this is a double-edged sword. You got fame because of a movement, and yes, you turned that fame into personal gain, but you have to keep that separate, you have to keep it transparent, and you cannot be angry when people ask you to come and to speak to them and explain where you are. That's what we've been asked. That's what many people have been asking for months now, to just sit down and have a conversation. <coughs> and sometimes you have to say, you know what? My judgment may have been off, but we've gotten it in order. We've not even heard that yet emerge from this situation. Well, and, and look, Omicongo, one of the big issues that I have, again, is that Patrice Cullors is the one who keeps doing the talking. She's no longer with BLM. The existing leadership of the Black Lives Matter Foundation, they have not done interviews. They have not been out here. They have not been offering transparency. I've been communicating with them saying, when are y'all going to talk? And I get they're going through uh, their 990s and preparing those, uh, but you're gonna have to come clean because staying quiet ain't good enough. Look, in this day and age, I mean, we talked about Dr. King back in the day and his scrutiny, but in this day and age, every day you're silent, it's like 90 days goes by, quite honestly, because with social media and the way people are trying to destroy these organizations, you cannot be silent. Silent is, is Silence is your enemy right now. And one of the challenges that's going on with the Black Lives Matter organization is that they're also preventing future people from wanting to get involved in the movement. I, I was teaching one of my classes up at, at American, and I had a student from Brazil who was interested in, in, in Black Lives Matter, but was a little skeptical. And this was just two weeks ago, Roland, and said, wait, didn't they just buy that $6 million house? They didn't know much about the organization, but she saw it on some conservative news story, because she leans conservative, and, and ran off it. And then I had another student in my other class doing that as well. My point is that the more they stay silent, they are allowing too many other people to control the narrative about them. And so when the current leadership comes out, it's going to be too late. And like, and like Reverend Carr was saying, with, with Patrice and any others who are involved in the organization, come clean about any mistakes that were made. Just own it. And people, we've seen this all over the place. People are willing to be forgiven if you can just come clean if you feel like you made a mistake. Because what people are doing right now 
Just as people critique what we call prosperity gospel, people are trying to turn Black Lives Matter activists into prosperity activists. And they are not that. And we believe that you can make mistakes and come out and speak up for it. But if you don't do it now, by the time you get up, they say a lie can travel around the world while the truth is still getting the shoelaces on. So I appreciate the sister for doing that interview. We need more of that. And we need some real just confessions if there were some things that could have done been done better in hindsight. That's how people will roll with you. Michael. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to add anything that uh, my co-panelists just, uh, just mentioned. It's, um, you know, one of the things that I think we all know, or, or at least we should know, um, is kind of 101 is uh, the rules are different for us. And even I'm sure that there, there, there's some critics or folks on the right who will say, well, here's what happened um, to, uh, you know, white organization. Uh, that may or may not be true when you find a few. But for us, the rules are always different. Uh, and until they, I think, have kind of an independent audit, um, also, as, as again has been previously mentioned, uh, take some responsibility and then move on, because you're, you're, you're dealing with a couple of certainly challenges. One is this one. And the other is that the right is trying to define BLM as um, loot, pro uh, not protesters, that they're looters or rioters. So, you know, when you put all that in context, Everything has to be uh, on the up and up. So I think they should have an independent audit uh, and then take responsibility for what they need to take responsibility for. If that means there needs to be a change in leadership or a change in policy, whatever it is, um, they have to do that. Then when that independent audit is done, they present it um, to, to the world and say, here's what this independent auditor found. Here's where there are some mistakes. Here's what we did well. Uh, and I think that's the only way um, to really move on, because right now everything's on the defensive um, and excuses, and so it's going to be difficult. Time for a fit, live, win. Two sister physicians are on a mission to break barriers between patients and doctors during medical visits. Uh, doctors uh, Shimoli Wyckoff and uh, Elita Wyckoff-Jones offered a book with ease, navigating the medical office visit to help patients become active participants in their, their medical care. Uh, Dr. Shimoli joins us from Atlanta. Dr. Elita joins us from Raleigh, North Carolina. Glad to have both of you here. So um, when you talk about uh, navigating the visit, what does it really mean? Okay. <laughs> say it again. I, I would just say that it's how we um, can best serve um, our patients and kind of get the most out of that office visit. So when you go in to see that provider, you can maximize the, the information you give to them or the maximize how much as a patient you can receive. So you're, you're, you're um, looking to yourself, you're empowering yourself to uh, get the most from that provider, get the most from that doctor, to get all the information um, as much as you can in the few minutes you have with the doctor. So, so when you talk about that, I mean, um, do you find that 
people come in and try to put the best face on the situation when it's like, look, you're at the damn doctor's office, so you need to tell the doctor everything that's going on and not try to sit here in shade because it, you, you're going to get found out. Well, yes, it's, it's helpful to uh, to just be honest with uh, your provider, your physician. Uh, a lot of times uh, we get calls from our family or friends um, asking us about uh, the medications or they're faced with a decision regarding their health care and they don't feel comfortable talking about it with their doctor or they don't know if that's appropriate to say to the doctor. And so we want to bridge that gap so that you you know, not feel intimidated and know what um, what questions to ask so they can go in there and be confident and honest and get the, the best outcome. So, um, I mean, look, so, like, you know, one of the things for me is I'm going to hit Doc with a whole bunch of damn questions. <laughs> okay, what's that? What's that for? How long? What's the deal with that? That's the only option? Oh, yeah, no, they're going to get interviewed. Uh, when, when, when I walk in there because, again, I want as much information as possible. And that's the way it should be. Um, you should be familiar with your provider. Um, know what kind of provider they are. Are they a doctor? Are they a nurse practitioner, physician assistant? Um, what information can you get from them? Are, they, are you there for a diagnosis? Are you there to review medications? But you also have to keep in mind your time with that provider is limited. So you have to make the most of that time. Um, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things that, um, again, uh, when, when I'm there, uh, I'll actually make them check my blood pressure two or three times. Because because I, I get it regularly checked, if, it, if it's high, I'm like, no, no, no. Check that again, and then you, of course, you have the you have the you have the machines, then you have actually the manual. I'll literally say, no, 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 y'all gonna do it again. That's right, and you seem like you're very self-aware and you're familiar with the health. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. System. There's those that English is not their first language or those that are self-employed and they might not um, be in the health system very much. So they might not know to do those things or ask those things or um, the elderly. So it's, it's important to, to do those things and to make sure you understand why they're doing things, uh, why they're recommending things. And if you don't understand, being comfortable to ask them that. And if you still don't understand, get them to write it down so you can take it home and to, to look things up. Uh, indeed. All right. Questions from our panelists. Let's see. Uh... Well, I guess I go ahead and start, Michael. Um, ladies, thank you for your uh, your very, very good and important work. And I wonder if you've uh, discovered that patients um, are, you know, don't understand about the, you know, the HIPAA laws that everything they talk about, in particular with their doctor or medical professional, is all protected, and uh, they do have a level of privacy. And if they don't know that, is that could that be one of the reasons why they're um, scared to ask questions or scared to tell them what's, what's bothering them or ailing them? Uh, are you discovering that, or is it something much simpler or certainly more complicated? Typically, it's a little bit simpler than that. They just don't trust their provider, uh, whether that's, again, a, a physician, <clears throat> and maybe they are just not comfortable with um, divulging that information because it's a simple, uh, a, a very sensitive topic. Um, whether that has to do with a physical ailment or body part that they're uh, not comfortable speaking about. Uh, for them, it, it may just be trust, not necessarily that the doctor will go and tell anyone, but they may not understand or have never been in that type of situation. I guess what Roland was talking about, was talking about oh, I'm sorry, go, go right ahead. I apologize. Oh, no, I was saying that, and sometimes uh, there is some intimidation as far as uh, patients have divulged that they don't want to seem, uh, ask any stupid questions or come across um, you know, just, uh, just ignorant to their health, so they just don't mention things at all. Mm. Thank you. Oh, Congo. 
I think that this this book is is and this project to just get more people to understand the the medical visit process is just really amazing and it's needed for our, especially for our community. The question that I have is that we all know the stories about how many so many of us who are older in our community have been hesitant about going to the doctor for various reasons. Are you seeing the same thing with your younger patients? Is there a hesitancy, a lack of trust, or are they coming in more energized, uh, owning the process, getting more engaged, or is it kind of like a cycle kind of repeating with younger generations in terms of our hesitancy? I found a lot of young women in particular, I'm an OBGYN, so the women I see feel empowered, emboldened to come in, even search out physicians um, that even may look like them um, to foster that connection, um, that comfort level, so they can divulge uh, the physical ailments or concerns that they have. And I'm in musculoskeletal care, and so I find that a uh, younger generation tends to not come as much because they have done a lot of research on their own. They're trying a lot of things in their own that they feel like will be working um, or a lot of holistic things. And so uh, you, it's a, a little bit of a, a, a shift as far as younger people not coming in as often um, until really bad. But before I go to Jeff, I, I do have to ask y'all, how do y'all deal with people coming to y'all office with that bullshit they researched? And y'all, <laughs> come on, let's just go ahead and be honest. Y'all sitting here like, okay, I got to answer these little dumbass questions because somebody thinks that they are a Twitter doctor. So go, go, come on now, y'all know I ain't lying. I, I try to listen to their concerns and their research, and then I follow that up with facts. I encourage them to go to reputable, reputable websites that I know are from board-certified physicians just to counteract um, the lay material that they've come across. That's right. And, and some of it is a, a learning process for us as well. So a lot of times when they're bringing me things, I review them. I And then we discuss them. I let them know if there's any evidence-based um, you know, information out there about it. And if there's not, I inform them of that and let them know that this is more experimental. But as far as standard of care would be, you know, A, B, and C. But definitely, you know, acknowledge that the research they've done and, and the um, interest that they have in options, but really letting them know that that's not uh, usually the standard of care a lot of times. So y'all being y'all being real nice when people coming out with with, with their Twitter research. Um, uh, Jeff, go ahead. First off, sisters, thank you so much for the the work that you're putting in the world for walking and living in your purpose. And I'm speaking that with ease is going to help cure us from dis-ease uh, going forward because we're going to take agency as a, as a person who was once diagnosed with an advanced neuromuscular disease. Um, uh, I was self-diagnosed by looking at too much WebMD, uh, and I got to the doctor's office with the diagnosis and gave all the symptoms, and my doctor just giggled and said, uh, just change your pillow. You're going to be fine. There's nothing wrong with you. So this is a very dangerous space we're in. But I was reading in Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell about the difference between kids who are taught to speak up for themselves in doctor's visits as opposed to 
uh, kids who were taught to just go in and be quiet and not say anything because the doctor's an authority figure. And so the question that comes up for me to you all is, how important is it for us to begin to teach young people, our children even, to take agency with their health and to stand up and begin to ask questions at a young age? I think that's very important. Uh, I think it starts from education about their health at home, um, from the simple lifestyle choices that we make every day. So, and um, having them learn how to be self-aware of their body and uh, when changes occur, knowing what's normal, what's not. And then with that being, uh, getting confidence and being able to go to professionals when those things occur. So I think it's a, a process that, uh, should start very early, and that uh, especially with uh, the landscape changing, uh, visits may be harder to get into. It's important to uh, get started with having a healthy life earlier and earlier. All right, the book is uh, show the book, please, y'all. With ease, navigating the medical office visit. Uh, you can, of course, uh, get the book at witheasebook.com and also uh, follow uh, Elita uh, on her Facebook page uh, as well. Folks, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you, Roland. All right, y'all have so a good much. one. Thanks you very much. Um, all right, y'all, real quick here for my panel. So, uh, the, the U.S. Senate is trying to move very quickly uh, to uh, pass a bill to provide additional safety measures for the families of su Supreme Court justices because the folks have been protesting at the homes of the justices. Um, but here's what I find to be interesting here, Michael. Somebody tweeted this, and I think it's fantastic. They said, why? Supreme Court's own opinion in 1984, Madsen v. Women's Healthcare, said protesting outside the homes of abortion providers is protected free speech. This bill violates their own opinion. They're right. Okay, you know, you've got folks out there, um, uh, Kavanaugh's house, in fact, one of Kavanaugh's neighbors uh, is protesting him. Uh, and then you've got folks uh, at uh, John Roberts' house as well. And people are saying, oh my God, this is shameful. This is despicable. Uh, the White House uh, has released a statement as well. Uh, this right here is one of the videos outside of Kavanaugh's house. But, okay, they literally issued that protesting outside the home of abortion provider is protected free speech. Oh, what's good for the goose ain't good for the gander? Yeah, that, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's too bad. To, there's always hypocrisy, though, on, uh, on the right. I, I don't think and many folks, I certainly don't have a problem with um, you know, security for uh, for for not just the Supreme Court justices, but also our federal judges that are also in uh, in harm's way, as we discovered a couple of years ago with that case in New Jersey. Um, but I think the larger issue is you're still even as a judge, you're a public official, and if you're a public official, that means people can protest outside of your house, outside of your office, and that's part of being a public official. And uh, so with that, um, yes, it's too bad, that, but the court is exactly right. The tweet was exactly right. And I think you just have to deal with it. The neighbors, um, sorry, that it's, it's, it's hard. But when you live next door to a high-profile public official, this kind of stuff can happen.
You know, the, the, there are people on Congo who are saying that this is not right, this is not just. In fact, uh, as we speak, uh, go to the video, I'll see this on Twitter, there are protesters who are headed to the house of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito. Um, and so, Omakongo, there, there are people out there who are saying that this is wrong. You should not be protesting at their homes. They're only doing their job. But the Supreme Court also ruled that there was no buffer zone around, um, around uh, abortion clinics. Yet, when that, that draft was leaked, first thing they did was put up fences around the Supreme Court. I mean, so, again... How in the world can, and, and, and look, nobody wants to have their home protested, and you're like, hey, I got my family here, but this notion that the families of the justices are somehow uh, unsafe uh, is simply not the case just because folks are protesting. Right, and, and mind you, there are eight-foot-high fences that they're putting up. And as people are having this conversation online, I'm also thinking of uh, Christine Blasey Ford, who also accused Kavanaugh of sexual assault during his hearings, and people protested at her. She got death threats and all of that. And some of these guys who are saying, leave Kavanaugh alone, they didn't have much to say then. Look, the fact of the matter is, this is an activist Supreme Court. They're actively working to take people's rights away, as opposed to other things like Brown versus Board. Those things are about giving people rights to equality. This is an activist court, and they are getting their response that they deserve, because this is why they were put there. They were put there to start with abortion and start taking our rights away. And people are fed up and, and they're pissed off. Now, we can have that conversation about we should have been pissed off a lot earlier and not let them get there. But the fact of the matter is, when you take Clarence Thomas and his wife and what they're doing in terms of how he won't recuse himself, they are showing that they can snub their nose in front of all of us, in front of all of the people of America, and the people of America are fighting back. And so this is just is what it is. And the hypocrisy is glaring. And I say we gotta we gotta keep challenging and protesting. Uh, this is video uh, yesterday outside of uh, Chief Justice John Roberts' house, Jeff. Uh, and again, you've got lots of hand wringing here uh, in D.C. And and I'm sure there are people who will say, "Well, Roland, I can't believe you're saying that because if they were protesting uh, outside of the uh, liberal justices, guess what?" If that's allowed, if that is actually protected free speech, that's what it is. So this is the result of what happens when you are in public office. This is it. When you choose to be in public office, and yes, a Supreme Court justice with a lifetime appointment is paid by the taxpayer. You are a public official. Mm -hmm. You're a public official. You're also our employee. You work for us. Those of us who go out in the world and make our way and pay our taxes and take care of business, they are public officials and they are public employees. Everything that they get from their benefits uh, to their salaries comes directly from our tax dollars. So it's not as if they have a sponsor that they have to answer to. They have to answer to us. When you ask me what I think when I see it, I think it's absolutely awesome. And it has nothing to do with endangering the safety of a family. It comes from a background of understanding that if you talk to a watchmaker, if you talk to an engineer, if you talk to a builder, there is always some tiny point in a mechanism where you can apply the smallest amount of pressure and stop the entire mechanism. 
when we're feeling powerless, when people are feeling hopeless, when they feel as if there's no way that they can block uh, what the right has put in place, what we've seen over the last several months is people trying to experiment with the machine to find that sweet spot that will bring the machine to a halt. And that's what we're seeing with democracy. When I see it, I'm taken back to my college days. I went to a public institution, Tennessee State University. We paid tuition. When the showers weren't working or when the hot water didn't work, we got all the brothers from the dormitory. We put on our shower robes and we walked down to the president's office and lined up in front of it and knocked on the door because we knew the president's office or the president's residence had hot water. So we knocked on the door and we waited because they were our employee. And we said, when you give us hot water, we'll stop coming down here. Miraculously, the next day, the water was always fixed. This is the case now. People have been oppressed. They've been suppressed. Uh, the justices work for the people, and now the people are starting to figure it out. Go stand across the street. Don't violate the property, but make them so uncomfortable that they realize that this is just <coughs> the beginning of a wave, because when people are oppressed and they are pressed down and they are held down, they will always find a way to find the sweet spot that will bring the machine to the halt. And isn't it interesting that the United States Senate has unanimously passed uh, by a unanimous consent, a bill to provide additional security for Supreme Court justices and their families. The bill now goes to the House, yet that same Senate could not pass the George Floyd Justice Act to protect, to protect black families and others from police abuse. It's amazing how fast Congress can move when it wants to. It's amazing how fast they can move. Uh, Michael, uh, Omicongo, and Jeff, I certainly appreciate all three of you being with us on today's panel. Thank you so very much. I uh, want to thank all of you as well, folks. Uh, we had a great time uh, at the Formula One Grand Prix, Miami Grand Prix race over the weekend. We'll have uh, some photos as well as be talking to Willie T. Ribs, uh, who F1 has hired for diversity, who was our, uh, who was our um, host down there. We're going to have him on the show in the next couple of days, so look forward to that. Don't forget, Thursday, we're also going to be broadcasting live from Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri, if you'll have the graphic, please pull it up. I'm going to be there uh, on behalf of the Kansas City uh, Urban League. Uh, you might remember we had them on the show talking about uh, the police brutality uh, that was happening there in Kansas City and also how the treatment of uh, black police officers. And so uh, we, uh, I say, look, we'll be happy to come there uh, to do a town hall. That's what we're actually uh, going to be doing. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, YouTube, y'all should be hitting us by a thousand likes by now. It don't make any sense. We have not hit a thousand. So y'all got about 60 seconds uh, to get us to a thousand likes uh, so we can um, uh, get out of here. And so again, y'all, uh, this is again. So here's the graphic. Pull it up, please. I'm going to be in Kansas City on uh, Thursday. Thursday, May 12th at the Robert J. Mohart Center, uh, 3200 Wayne Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, again, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, where we are going to be talking about uh, the, the racism in the Kansas City Police Department and how it is impacting, impacting 
African-Americans. And so this week we'll be in Kansas City. Next week I will be holding a town hall in uh, Cedar Hill, Texas uh, with Jasmine Koenig, who, excuse me, I'm sorry, um, not Jasmine Koenig, Jasmine Crockett. Jasmine Crockett, who is running uh, for Congress. So we'll be in Cedar Hill next week, May 18th, but May 12th, this Thursday, we will be in Kansas City. And so looking forward uh, to being there, uh, talking about what is happening with black police officers uh, on that particular force. And so that's why, folks, you understand what we do. We don't just sit here and sit behind the desk, hide our face, uh, talking trash about other people. We don't just stay here. We actually go out. We're in the community. So I get a kick out of these people who call themselves grassroots. But it's amazing how you see people say they say they're grassroots, but you ain't never seen them walk on other grass. And you've never seen them plant anything else. They never go anywhere else. You never see them in the community. You never see them actually covering stories. You never see them going outside of their own bubble. Well, we actually do that. And so uh, look forward to being in Kansas City. Folks, that's it. I will see y'all tomorrow right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Black Star Network. Don't forget, download the app, please, if you have not done so. Uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And if you have not joined our Bring the Funk fan club, our goal is simple, uh, that is to get 20,000 of our donors annually to give on average 50 bucks, which is $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day. <clears throat> if there's no minimum, there's no maximum. Uh, so please, if you can support us, that would be absolutely great. Uh, and so uh, please do so. Uh, by uh, hit it by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, again, uh, you can send a check or money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., uh, 20037-0196. Uh, Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Uh, Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell is Roland at RolandSmartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, that's it. I We'll see y'all tomorrow right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Y'all take care. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.